Ask the Podcast Coach for July 29th, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and joining me right over there, the one and only. Are you like, hey, is is that Jim Collison? It is. It's Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Not the AI version of Jim Collison. No. He's a little bit different. Robo Jim. Like the, the real Jim, yeah. Or the Jim Bot, one of those. All those things I thought about, to be honest. But it's and, always good to be here. And I know this will date this show, but... Uh, July's toast. Like July, yeah, is yeah. over. Uh, five just... weeks in, of five Saturdays in July this year, though. So it's been a long, like it's been a long one. We started on the first. Yeah, and so yeah. if you were thinking in January about starting a podcast, uh, the year is more than half over now, and um, you know it's time to. Uh, but still, plenty of time, right? Still I mean, plenty of time. Still yeah, plenty of time to get it done. That is something we should point out. I, I've see. I saw somebody today in Reddit. I'm launching on August 15th, which is great. It's great to have a goal. should do that. But they were kind of freaking out. And I was like, you know, um, the world has waited 18 years for your podcast. You know, if you want to go yeah. April 22nd or August 22nd, we can wait another 7, 8, 14 days, whatever it is. But uh, you know what uh, Jim can't wait for? Yeah, a little bit of this, a little, little bit little of Java. That, that Java stuff. Yeah, there you go. And, of course, that uh, – that piping hot Java is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at uh, podcastbranding.co. That's really odd. Let's hit the music anyway. I think I have a new slide set that I didn't know. But uh, Mark is great. Podcastbranding.co. It is the place where you want to go because they're going to see you before they hear you. And you want to look good. You want to grab their attention. So whether you need artwork or a website or a PDF or whatever you're doing, we might mention... Um, the uh, uh, a mailing list today and maybe need a lead magnet. Maybe you go, what's branding? Well, Mark can help with all that stuff. He's been a, an award-winning graphic artist for many, many moons, and he's a podcaster. So he gets all of that fun-filled stuff. He makes amazingly just beautiful. I'm looking at the Fire Guy show right now. That's kind of cool because, you know, you got to have the word fire in your show. That's always there. But uh, like I said, he is a podcaster himself, and he just makes great stuff. Super nice guy. He's going to give you the experience that you're never going to get on Fiverr. It's it's hand-holding, making sure you get exactly what you want. So if you want to look good, there's only one place to go, and that is podcastbranding.co. Of course, big thanks to our friend Dan LeFebvre over there, based on a true story at based on a true story podcast.com. And if you're looking, if you want to know if you got a movie, just go over to his site, based on a true story podcast.com and, uh, and search through maybe your favorite movie. If it was based on a true story, he, he might have something about it. If he doesn't ask him to make one on it, he's a nice guy. And he's like, like Mark, he's a nice guy and he's just a super good podcaster. So check it out today, based on a true story podcast.com. And Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. Yeah, that is a really good show. I've been checking it out. No. Um, here we and go. He just did Schindler's List, which, like, is an older movie. So, like, you know, they're not all new movies that are out there either. That's an older movie that he did. Did a really nice job on that one. So. Yeah. And uh, we got our first question. 
Thank you, jo- uh, Joanne. Um, sure. yep. She says, what do you think is the best way to market your podcast? That's a great question. And so the way I think about this is my goal is to find people that listen to podcasts. And if you have a topic, so uh, I'd like to find podcast listeners that like blank, whatever your your topic is. And so when you do things like social media, not bad, but there are people on social media that don't listen to podcasts. Shame on them. Whatever. They have blasphemy. Uh, you know, you could do direct mail with maybe a QR code on a postcard. But again, not everybody that goes out to get the mail. What's a podcast? Do I need an iPod for that? Right. That's not going to work. So I think right now there are two, two ways. Uh, one is being a guest on somebody else's show. It takes a lot of work. If you do it right, I get a lot of bad pitches. Uh, and then the other one is to advertise on other shows. That's, that's my general thought, at least uh, in July of 2023. Jim, am I anything I'm missing there? Yeah. Oh, I would, I would sit down. I'm a strengths-based guy. So yeah. I would sit down and say, what do I do well? In, from a marketing standpoint, what do I do well? And then where where do I think the easiest and best ways, the channels, you know, whether it's like, hey, I need to go create a newsletter or I, I should be doing, uh, you know, I should be promoting this on Facebook because I have a big Facebook group. Or maybe you have a lot of folks that follow you on LinkedIn. I think uh, Joanne said yeah. it's interior design. Okay, so now we have an industry in this. So where, where do the industry people meet? Are you going to their conferences? Do you get a chance, a lot of folks, do you get a chance to speak at their conferences, right? Because that's a visibility uh, in, that, in that space. Um, so I would list those down, and then I would start saying, okay, what can I do today? What do I need to do to set myself up for some of these other things? And then how, based on who I am, would I get the most mileage out of all of this? Like if you're a great speaker and you love speaking, well, spend the majority of time trying to get in at conferences or trying to, or or maybe start a local meetup or maybe do some national meetup type things. If that's not your jam, if you're more of a one-on-one person or whatever, create an opportunity like you do, Dave, or folks, maybe you become a coach or something in that space. You get known for being helpful or whatever, right? So I think there's some individual element of this, like what works best for me? What are the best avenues for me? What am I best at? And then how do I take advantage of those when I add on the marketing channels that exist? Yeah. And then there's everything comes back to, to why am I doing this and who is it for? And so yeah. that's the other reason too. Cause like when like, what's the best way to, to market my show depends on what your why is. So you know, uh, if you're just trying to get customers, then maybe you bring on a potential customer. And I've seen people do this where they're like, hey, this is where we talk about interior design. And today we're talking with, you know, uh, Barbie and she's thinking about decorating her house. It's all pink and she's kind of tired of pink. And today we're going to examine that. And so you you answer Barbie's questions and then that shows off your expertise and you're like, oh, we could do this and, uh, you know, we can get all this stuff from Ken out of here and et cetera, et cetera. 
So it, it really depends on your why. If you're trying to do, if you're trying to keep your brand in front of people, then maybe you do short little tips three times a week. If you're trying to show yourself as an expert, maybe you do once a week and do a deep dive into, you know, the pros and cons of, you know, painting your car pink or whatever it is. Um, so, but for me, from what I've seen, you know, everything is a trickle. That's, that's kind of the sad news. Uh, but the things that seem to move the, 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 the bigger trickle <laughs> is guesting on other shows and, you know, advertising on, on other podcasts or, or not so much advertising, find another interior design show and see if you maybe want to collaborate on a topic. And then you can both play the episode on that. I know I've, uh, I've done that before or promo swaps. If you want to, you know, find somebody and go, Hey, or shout outs. Some people are like, I know Scott Johnson from what was that like? Well, like, Hey, you know, you like this show trying to do a Scott Johnson invitation. That would be, I should, he's got a very unique voice, but uh, he'll be like, if you like this show, I found another one and it's not so much like my show, but it's, it's very similar in that it really keeps you guessing and it's great story. And he, he, you know, pimps it up and you're like, well, that sounds like something I might like. So don't look at other shows that are similar to yours as competition. It's, it's actually, it's not radio. You're not all on at seven 30. And those might be, you know, promotion partners. So, mm. and also since you're in interior design, see if there is a, I, I'm so not an interior design. Um, man, I forget my, my first wife was really into selling something, some sort of knickknack thing, home interiors, I think was, but that's the, that's too generic. But anyway, if there's a company that you like their stuff, maybe interview them and now you're kind of partnering with them like, hey, the new episode is out. If you want to share it on your social that has, I don't know, 15 times more people than I do on my social. You know, there are all sorts of different ways. But it, it is something you have to do. I, it's, uh, I just realized I'm, I'm in August and September. I am hitting the road hard. And I've got to get some business cards printed because the ones I have are old. And most of them are just going to have my website, probably a, my logo from Mark, a tagline, and on the back a QR code. Because it's funny, you'll hand it to people. And they're like, "Oh, a QR code." They take your phone. They're like, "Here, you can keep this." So you, you end up needing about five cards, but it's uh, you, you got to do it. And I know when COVID came along, and I quit going to conferences, that definitely I, I saw things kind of. It was weird. First, it took a little dip, and then once everybody was home, it went right back up. But I could see where you know it was uh, slowing things down a bit, but. Uh, Thanks for the question. What's uh, if you have your podcast? Uh, I, can they? If you're not me, can you put a link in the or put the name? No, of, it does put only the, you. Yeah, only put the name you. of your show in the chat room. I'll be happy to uh, give yeah, you a we'll, show. We'll track it down and yeah. get a link. In. And um, the other one uh, also, if you have a question, you, if you're watching live, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com/live, and we're here every Saturday at ten thirty in the morning a.m. Eastern, and. Uh, you know, so you can ask your questions here, or if you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash question, you can just jump right into the video. So Jimmy, can, I, can I say one more thing on that? Oh, absolutely. I think sometimes we think there's a magic, there's a silver bullet. There's a, like, if, if I just would do this or an easy button and the, so far those really don't exist. There are some podcasters who's gotten lucky. And maybe that luck was just where opportunity met hard work. 
but they've gotten lucky and they've they've made it big somewhere or they've they've found their spot and they've got it done whatever. But I think promotion is just a lot of hard work. And so digging in, I, I you know, oftentimes we get this question and, and Joanne appreciate the question, but they're looking for that one thing. What am I missing? You know, whatever. And and maybe there was some things in there we said you haven't tried. She she said um she had said in there, thanks guys, we're we are doing some of these things. I appreciate the new ideas. So that kind of works. But we all know it's just a lot of hard work. And it always pays off after you think you've it's not working. <laughs> right. You, you, you give up and then it starts paying off. So you've got to just keep with advertising. You just got to keep at it. You can't do a, well, I'm going to do a Twitter campaign. I don't know why you would. But if I'm going to do this Twitter campaign and you do it for a week and you get nothing, which kind of makes sense now, but if let's <laughs> just say you did, then you would um, give it give it three, four, five, maybe even think of your campa- campaigns in quarters as opposed to weeks, because it just takes a long time for all that stuff, especially in the podcasts. My listeners are weeks behind in some cases, maybe months, uh, and so don't don't expect on the podcast side of things. Don't expect the the real quick hits. It's going to take some time um, and make sure you have a way to measure it. That's I think the other thing where people miss is they say, okay, I'm doing this. Now, how do I know this is actually being effective? Whether it's a, 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 you know, a pretty link that takes them back to an affiliate link or something that's capturing it. Right. Yeah. I, uh, this is where I love switchy.io. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the, the show notes here at askthepodcastcoach.com slash 447. But what I love about I just started getting into, and I'm like, where have I been? Um, the whole UTM um, source, all those little things you put in there so, so that when you go to your website stats, you can see what I love about this. So I'll say, okay, the source was – you know, um, show notes, the, uh, campaign was episode eight, eight, nine, this and this and that. So you can actually see in your stats, oh, Hey, this Twitter thing is working. Um, I'm using fathom stats now cause it's just nothing wrong with Google analytics, but I, I just don't need that much. And it's really cool to see how that's going. The other thing, cause you know, it's Dave and I have to say this before you go spending money on marketing your podcast, find someone not named mom to listen to it and tell you what you're doing right and maybe point out those things that are going, you know, not so great. I had somebody, again, same company, looked at my website now that I've updated it, and they're like, man, this is so much better. But, and I was like, ooh, didn't think about that. So anytime you can get a new set of eyes, because we are way, way, way too close to our own stuff. It's uh, it's just the way it is. So that's always kind of uh, fun. But, uh, it oh, the other thing I wanted to point out is – uh, get a newsletter. Uh, definitely. And, and sometimes you don't know what to put in the newsletter. Just put your show notes. Um, I have a thing on my, my website said, would you like this, this, you know, these show notes sent to you every you know week? Cause a lot of times they're on the treadmill or whatever. And uh, yeah. Uh, Liberty says uh, maybe you should be on the podcast rodeo show. Yeah. Maybe she should. Uh, I'll give you a little hint of what's working and what's not. But uh, with a newsletter, I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm having a garage sale. The Roadcaster that I'm using right now is up for sale. The Roadcaster One that's sitting in my living room is up for sale. Uh, Personas microphone, a couple Focusrite things, they're all up for sale. 
and I put it on Facebook. I put it in the School of Podcasting Facebook group, um, mentioned it, I think, on Twitter, a couple other things, and was really expecting it to just fly off the shelves. And six days later, didn't have a nibble. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I really thought, you know, maybe I'm charging too much. I don't think so. But I went to my newsletter. I got about, I don't know, 1,500 people on that. I said, hey, Dave is having a garage sale. Here's what it is. Here's what I'm asking. And like three minutes later, oh, I'll take that one. PayPal or Venmo. So uh, the nice thing about a newsletter is, A, we all kind of go, oh, I get so much email. So when somebody says, I want your stuff via email as well, that is a super fan. That is somebody who really likes your stuff and they want your insights. So consequently, and they're also, when they're reading your email, they're one click away from doing whatever the heck you want them to do. So I've heard so many, I should, I wish I would have made a super cut of this, but I've interviewed so many people from um, Joe Salsi high from stacking Benjamins, Pat Flynn from smart passive income that have said, if I could do anything over again, when I started, I would, uh, I would start a newsletter. So think about that. And uh, yes, thank you so much. Somebody's letting me know there's a typo in my banner. Uh, also, See, I, you're too close to your own stuff. <laughs> I uh, I attempted to go in and edit it as I I have some power. Yeah, you made me a teammate here, but I wouldn't let me edit it. So it's kind of interesting on Streamyard. Um, also, I threw the link to the interior design show in the private chat. You have the ability to uh, uh joanne's listening on linkedin and you have the ability to throw that chat out not only on youtube but on linkedin and the other channels we're on so oh, cool if you want to take a second to grab that i think um while you're doing that let me say this on the newsletter and uh and jeff kind of you know no algorithms with email there you go um you know just be careful with the the automatic ai stuff on this mm. like you can, like, I think you can't overdo it with, with too much automation. You know, you, you can, people start to sense that. And, and I, where is that line? I, I don't know. I don't know. You'll, you'll have to figure it out, but I, I get these and you get them too. I get these emails all the time and you're like, yeah, this was written by a bot for sure. Or written by AI or whatever. And they've, you know, somebody took literally maybe a second or maybe not even that long to kind of, to kind of care about it, right? So with that, I mean, the newsletters I have a following, following, followed, followed, read <laughs> that, uh, that, that are inter that are interesting to me that have the most impact are the ones that are genuinely written by the, um, the, the folks that, that send them, like you can tell it's stuff. I want to hear stories about their family or what, whatever's going on kind of deal. In in the AI stuff is it's get, it's pretty easy to spot. So just be careful that we don't turn newsletters into spam mechanisms. You know, hey, I'm gonna grab, you know, I'm gonna get four thousand people, and then every week I'm gonna spam them with, you know, I'm I'm essentially gonna send them. Well, I'm not gonna say it that way. So just be careful with that. Yeah, it's odd. I think these some of these people must know it's the weekend. Because I swear every morning I wake up and I have at least two pitches, um, especially for my weight loss show, which hasn't had an episode out in forever. And when I, I that is on a definite, I will do one when I feel like it's schedule because I did yeah. it for years. And uh, 
I get a lot of like Dr. So-and-so would be a great fit for your audience. And the always thing that if you're trying to remember, I said, you know, one way to grow your audience is to, uh, you know, be a guest. And the pitch is always about them. Like, Hey, you should have Dave Jackson on your phone. He, and he's cured cancer. He's invented sliced bread, you know, blah, blah, blah. And for me, I appreciate it when they go, Oh, a, are you looking for guests? And then B, I see you talk about this subject. Here's something I could bring value to your audience. And it, they lead with, here's how I can serve your audience. Cause that's what every podcaster is doing. So it's all about your audience. Not so much. I'm so great. And then they might throw in later, like, Oh, by the way, I've been doing this for 17 years and blah, blah, blah. But it starts off with how can I help you serve your audience? And then right. you prove that you listen to the show and you are already like miles, just insert very large number here ahead of people that are like, Hey, I love your show. Dr. So-and-so is blah, blah, blah. And, you be, and I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Which is why I often open up my email and go, let's see, first one and last one there, delete. It's, it's you know, the, the front page of my Gmail is usually just nothing I want to read. So uh, speaking of the awesome Dan from Based on a True Story podcast, he says, AI took a lot of extra time for me this week as it got many things simply wrong. I had to do so many fixes, in fact, checking that I couldn't use any of it. Yeah, that's, to me, you know, I, I love the cap show. I love, you know, cast magic. I don't use, I mean, I literally, I'll run the stuff through it. I'll get the transcript, but the titles, what's funny is I have a thing that, that grades titles and they're usually in the 60 to low 70. And I like high seventies, low eighties for me, uh, because sometimes to get that thing, like a, the headliner, not headliner co-schedule has a headline grader and, uh, to get that thing to give you a really high number, you end up with such a clickbaity title that I'm like, mm, that's not my style. And so, but it's, it's tricky. Liberty says when it comes to emails, like tweets, quality works. Yep. While quantity can be a huge turnoff. I, I did find something out this week. You know how we all hate pop-ups, right? You go, now I hate when I go to somebody's website and their pop-up is the size of my head and I can't get to the content kind of thing. I started using pop-ups and the first four days I used it, it was annoying. Like it was, you were on three seconds, bomb pop-up and it showed up everywhere. And it was annoying me. Uh, I'm using because I had it. Um, I forget the name of the plugin. It's from mm-hmm, that company, Elegant Themes. Um, it's it's not Loom. It's something like, anyway. Uh, and you can't, I love pop-ups that you can say only show to like new people, but that's a cookie thing. So that's going to get in trouble. But if you want to grow your email, uh, there's a reason people use pop-ups because, uh, they work. And then the other thing I started doing was I now have, I believe it's set up. If you go to dailypodcasttips.com, that is a daily podcast tip. So I've just started, I went through a lot of old episodes and just made a little like two paragraph, you know, that kind of thing. And at the bottom, there's a call to action. So it's marketing that I'm, you know, I do it once and then it does it for me. So as Jim has said, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's not enough to write the book. It's not enough to make the podcast. You got to get people to read it and listen to it. And that's really the hard part. It really yeah. is. That's why when you start a second or third or 10th show, that's insane because you've got to have a team to promote it. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's where the time suck just goes right out the window. 
Um, so have fun with that. Yay, marketing. It's 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 a necessary. It's probably, well, it's probably the number one question in in podcasting, right? How, well, how do you get more people to do this? Well, right? And how do you get better at it? So I have for years said, you know, the reason, you know, it it's it is what it is. I'm a teacher. My background's in teaching. I've been helping people for decades. You know, I'm not really I know marketing. I've actually taught marketing, but, you know, it's just not my it's not my zone of genius. Does that does that phrase make you throw up a little bit in your mouth? It's just it's so zone of genius. Oh, genius. Okay. Anyway, so what did I do? What do you do when you when you've identified your Achilles heel? I went out and bought a Dan Kennedy course because everybody's like Dan Kennedy is the master of all marketing and blah blah blah. But then I also bought a course on SEO on Udemy uh, because it was like you know two peanuts and a you know handshake for this thing, and I was like meh. So there's that whole perception thing. But Udemy did something, and I was like, ooh, that's cool. So I buy the course, and it's like, hey, congratulations on buying this great uh, course. You should click this button. When are you going to take this course? Is it a couple times a week, once a week, blah, blah, blah? And it actually had me block out time on my calendar to watch the course. And I was like, that's a really good idea. Because, I mean, I don't know about you. When I buy a $16 course – there's a really good chance I'm never going to go back because I don't have any skin in the game. I've already bought it, and it's there when I have my free time, he said in quotation marks, to go back and watch it. But this was like, no, no, you've just spent the money. So if you're trying to learn something, if you're like, look, I need to do more marketing for my show, put it on the calendar. Like from you know 7 to 8 at night, I'm going to go around and answer questions in Facebook. I'm going to promote it on you know whatever it is now, X or – threads or blue face or chat, whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, set some time on your calendar to, to do that. I thought that was really cool. I had not been back to you to me because I get a check from them every now and it's like, Oh, you sold a course. Here's a dollar 13. Uh, Cause they put it on sale. Um, it's actually, you know, it's, it's their brand is a lot better in terms of just, it looks a little more professional over there. So that's, uh, that's something else when it comes to marketing. If you're like, ah, I suck at this either, you know, Again, you're going to pay in either time or money. So you got the time. Take some time and learn how to market better. And if you're like, I don't have the time, but I do have the money, then pay somebody to to do it for you. And if you have neither, you know, go have fun with your kids because they probably <laughs> probably need you. Yeah, for sure. All right. So um, a fair use question from Rob. He says, I have a fair use question. If I want to start a podcast that will review songs, can I play part of the songs as part of my reviews. And the answer to that is no, but I'm not making any money. I'm only using 10 seconds. I'll talk about it. So it will be fair use. Now here's the thing. Remember fair use is the defense you use when you go to court. Now I've only been to court a few times, typically to get rid of a wife. I don't want anymore. Uh, And in, in, in both cases, it was not cheap. And if you're getting into criminal things, it's really not cheap. So uh, it's I would not do it. Now, what I might do, and I wish there there needs to be a resource for this. I know on the Podcasting 2.0, they're talking about a music site. It's really cool. This, again, five years. I mean, they're doing it now, but till Aunt Cheryl can do this. But they haven't now. This is the whole streaming crypto thing. But you can set up – so let's use the Beatles because, well, I'm old. And so you've got Ringo, John, Paul, and George. 
you can set them up as the Beatles. And then if you're doing the thing where people, I'm going to play the new song from the Beatles and here it comes. And via value for value in the crypto thing, instead of paying the podcaster while the song is playing, any streaming crypto, any boost goes to the band. And that's getting the attention of some big podcasters and big musicians going, wait a minute, I don't have to cut my manager in for 10%. Well, unless he's in that split. So I wish there was a place for indie music that where people back, back in the day, there was a pod safe music network and people just hear it here, play my music. If you can mention my website. And it was awesome. There was a lot of, I have a, a playlist in Spotify of stuff from the pod safe music network. And those people were like, no, just play my music. And they were kind of like mini, you know, podcast stars. Like Brother Love was like, everybody loved Brother Love because A, he was Brother Love and he was a very unique individual. Um, and his music was good. So and unfortunately, you know, the only place I know of that you can do that is on Live 365. And yes, that's still around. That's A, not really a podcast to be a curmudgeon. It's streaming radio. And B, they pay the royalties and stuff for that. The The thing that shoots it in the foot is the download because then you need a mechanical rights. And I, I really wish the record industry would just take two seconds to come up with something. Give me a contract I can sign. I'll pay, you know, 200 bucks a year to be able to play, you know, ACDC on my show. And I'll probably have to fill out a form and things like that. But it's a bummer. You know, they, they have a license you can buy. It's just super expensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, remember- you can do that. Yeah, I reached out to – there was a guy named Matthew Sweet. He's a Christian artist, and he has a song called Everybody's Got Something to Say. And I was like, oh, that would be the ultimate podcast jingle. And they wanted 300 bucks an episode. Yeah. And I was like, a year? And they're like, no, no. And I was like, I'm only going to play like you know half the chorus. And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, never mind. So, Yeah, and let's, let's remember, too, more and more of the platforms are getting smarter about finding this music. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, like YouTube was the pioneer on this. And if you drop it to YouTube, they will find it. Right. And they will. It, and they'll just in in most cases, they'll uh, in some cases, I should say, let me let me let me <laughs> let me get my phrase. I'm not a lawyer. and I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So <laughs> but in some cases, they'll just demonetize that and any anything, any ad money will go to the copyright claim person on that. Sometimes you'll get a takedown. Because now there's really good in YouTube. There's really good copyright. Hey, this is your content. It's it's being played here. And in YouTube, in the studio, you can go in and tell them to take it down. Or you can do whatever you're going to do uh, with them. So YouTube definitely has their act together. I think more and more platforms are going to go this direction, Dave. Where Because they've seen, I mean, if they're doing advertising, they want to make it as easy as possible for that there's ads still to play. Right. The question is, where does the money go? Right. Follow, always follow the money. So in, in that case, they, if they have a easy way like YouTube does to route the royalties to the right place where they're supposed to go, you can do that. I think, you know, we all grew up. Well, I shouldn't say we all grew up, but I grew up in the eighties with Casey Kasem, you know, playing the Casey Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, well, that worked because those radio stations have those big giant licenses, right? The TV stations have these big giant licenses. The the one big drawback to independent podcasting is we don't we're not covered under those umbrellas. So, don't do it. Don't try it. It's just not. It's really today, especially. It's just not worth it. You could probably get away with it for a while. 
the 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 crazy thing, Dave, you might do this forever and n- never yep. shows up on anybody's radar. I'm sure there are people out there like, oh yeah, I've been doing it for the last ten years and nobody said anything. Michael, well, yeah. go Michael go Butler is a guy that uh, he does the Rock and Roll Geek Show and is somewhat credited. There's a band called Airborne. They sound like ACDC. They're from Australia. It's a really good band. And Michael found them, started playing them on his show. They now tour America uh, because of their popularity that started with a podcaster. And he will play the whole album. Now he will talk over it. And that's where some people are like, well, what if I talk over it now? And why he hasn't got busted? Probably because that band's able to tour America now. And they, you know, that's the thing that drives me nuts when, you know, bands like the Eagles and Jimi Hendrix will come at you vehemently if you play their music. And meanwhile, if you look at those bands' popularity, on um, Rick Beato has a really great YouTube channel. And he said, these bands are losing their influence because their music isn't, what are you going to do? Go buy their CD? I've never heard of these people. I'm, you know, 19. Jimmy who? You know, and whereas if it was on YouTube, somebody might find that. I mean, Phil Collins had a rebirth of his one song because I think if I remember it, there was a gorilla that was playing the drums and the video went viral and it was a Phil Collins song. And so it, it's, again, I wish these people would kind of get their heads out of their butt, but they're not. And it no, it's is. complicated. The, the music industry is complicated. Like the only thing more complicated than music is publishing, <laughs> right? Because publishing is a 400 year industry, that 400 year old industry that's got all these legal ramifications based on jurisdictions. So it's it's different in the U.S. than it is in Europe, and you know, in in all, all the countries have uh, rules. It's I mean, publishing is just terrible. Somebody like, brought up a, a good point about the writer strike and now the actor strike, and basically everybody in entertainment at one point has gone on strike, except for musicians. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's a good point, which is yeah. also one of the worst. You know, they're getting paid point zero zero. Yeah. I think zero, three cents a, a download or a stream. It's nothing. So I was like, that's, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's tricky. Yeah. I wish they, I really just somebody over there at the very top. Just, yeah. just don't do it. Yeah. The, just yeah, don't do it. That's it. <laughs> um, and do it. I, I have to ask a question. You ready? We're going to peel back the curtain, yeah. a little, little behind the curtains of the Ask the Pod. Did you know I was doing something behind the scenes? You, uh, when I was talking? Yes. Mm, no. Oh, it was perfect. Because Randy's bringing up a great question, and behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, wait, I have a link for that. And I'm trying to find it. And I was like, wait, hold on. Uh, I would and, hope you could do things while I'm talking so that you would be ready to go. That's that's what I do. I, you, you always see me looking off, looking off, and I'm, I'm trying to prep for the next thing. But because uh, Randy has this great question, and I just discovered this. And I was like, holy cow, I've, I've had this and I didn't even know it. What's the best practice for archiving your podcast file storage mm-hmm. and name in, um, you know, uh, should we? Do we need to? Yeah. Okay. I think so. And now, oh, he's been waiting for this. It's time for Jim to get his nerd on. I was just spending some time on Home Gadget Geeks uh, Thursday, which will come out this weekend. Actually, it's already out. Talking with Christian Johnson from Maple Grove Partners, and we were talking about cold storage, surprisingly. It's not long. It's maybe a 10-minute segment, but 
you know, how do you, what do you, how do you archive your files, your, especially your podcast files and then get them back? This was the kind of the point of the conversation. The archiving is kind of the easy part. The hard part is how do you get back to them when you need them again? How do you find those things in them? Like, Oh, you know, I talked, I had this guest on this show and then how do I find it? So there's, there's Randy, I think the, the, the very first question you have to ask yourself is in archival, why am I going to go back to try and find something in it? How is that request generally? And I know we don't always know, right? But how's that request going to come in? Is it going to come from me? Is it going to come from the audience? Do I need to tag things by guests? Now, in your case, Randy, you're a solo podcaster, so you never have a guest. I shouldn't say never, but most of the time you don't have a guest. It's mostly you. And so I, have, I think you have to ask that question. What do you think you would be searching for if you wanted to in the archive? Now, if you don't think, if you just want to put them in storage, like I'm never going to search for anything, just sort them by episode number or sort them by date. Those are the two most common ways. I do episode number. That just makes more sense to me. So I have buckets by hundreds. So 100s, 200s, 300s, they go in folders. Pretty easy to find that way. Um, you could go by date. That's another common, if some people think more that way. And so you could do date folders, 2010, 2011, 2012, and then you could go January, February, March, other way. Um, but if you think you're going to go back into them, I mean, listen, I archive my podcast on Backblaze and I use B2, which is cold storage. Super cheap to put it there. <laughs> that was my secret. I was like, I just discovered this. Yeah, super great. Cold storage, cheap to keep it there, expensive to get it back. This mm. is the thing. Like if you go, you start pulling it, it gets, it's a little more expensive to get it back than it is to put it there and keep it there. I keep three terabytes of backups, maybe a little bit more, 15 bucks a month. Super cheap, right, to do, to do that. Yeah. But it, it, I never gone back and gotten a podcast. I mean, it was like I, I've saved 500, just on Home Gadget Geeks, 579 episodes. And not once have I ever gone back to get one. So it's like, I asked Christy, like, should I even keep these? I mean, but that being said, Randy, I think either by episode number or date, but ask yourself, if you're going to do some retrieval on these, there might be some tagging you want to do in advance before they go in so you're able to find them. All right, saw talking. What do you think, Dave? Well, I, I just discovered this. And so I was looking at this, and currently um, my show called Your Podcast Consultant has over, it's like 134 episodes Everything combined is 23 gigabytes. That's every file, every image is 23 gigabytes. So I could no video then, right? Just audio. Yeah, just audio. So I could store that show for 12 cents a month. And later, if I wanted to download all of those files, it would cost me 23 cents. So again, it is audio, things like that. But here's the thing they give you 10 gigabytes for free. So if we let me share my screen real quick, Uh, share screen. Um, it's, I, I was amazed because what I'm doing this for is that, uh, so here I can have podcasting events recordings. These are things, you know, again, when am I ever going to go back and listen to the, you know, portable media expo from 2006? I don't know, but I don't want to throw it away because it's history, man. Pod faded shows. I have a bucket of those. Um, it's 7.5 gigs. And then here's the one I'm really, I have all these videos and videos take up much more space of all the videos for the school of podcasting. And if for some reason I accidentally delete one, which I never would, I don't want to have to redo the video. So that's when I was like, man, this thing is chewing up my hard drive big time. 
And so I'm deleting old videos that aren't, you know, pertinent anymore. But um, and then this was an old hard drive. So if and all of this that I have here is, let's see, that's uh, 7.5 gigs, 440 megabytes, you know, 3.2. That's okay. So there's nothing in that one. But basically, I'm not paying a dime for any of that. You get 10 gigs for free. And I was like, huh. so there's a link in the show notes now in full disclosure for our good friends at the FTC. Uh, that is a the link I put in the, the show notes. Um, you get a free month and I get a free month. So there's a little quid po. But I'm, I, as you can see, I'm not saying that because I want a free month. I'm saying that because I use it and was like, holy cow, because I know we've talked about this subject before. And I was like, mm-hmm. if you're doing audio, you can store a lot of stuff there for free. It it does come in handy. I I am actually doing this right now. I'm I know I've talked about um, like Stephen Colbert was on Howard Stern. Speaking of things you don't have rights to play, uh, and there was another one where he, uh, Howard Stern was interviewing Ben Affleck. And I'm going to pull some clips and hope I don't get sued. Uh, in the School of Podcasting's course, it's called All Things Interviews because a in the Ben Affleck uh, clip. He he asked the question, a hard question, and there was 18 seconds of silence while Ben was like, well, uh, uh, and Howard didn't say a thing. And at the end of it, at the end of that 18 seconds, Ben spilled just such a great story. And then the other one is with Stephen Colbert where Howard asked him, he's like, hey, do you think – because uh, Stephen Colbert lost his father and a brother in, I think, a plane crash or a car crash or something. And he goes, do you think you're a comedian because you spent most of your life trying to make your mom laugh? And Stephen Colbert goes, oh, deep question. Holy cow, Howard. Jeez, Louise. And Howard's like, well, I, I can identify. He goes, my mom was a Holocaust uh, survivor. She lost her family and was depressed a lot. So I spent a lot of my life trying to uh, make my mom laugh. And it's a it's a strategy of like if you want someone to kind of be vulnerable, you be vulnerable, and then Stephen answered the question. And I was like, oh, cool. So I had to search for the word Howard on my entire hard drive because I knew I had the clip or Colbert, and it was a pain in the butt. So A, make better show notes because I searched my website. I'm like, I know I yep. played this in a show. Yep. So make yep. better show notes. But it is kind of a bummer because WordPress search – not the best. And that's where I kind of go, I'm surprised there isn't some sort of like pod base. It's a database for your podcast where you put in all you know, that you could then – I know there's Notion and Evernote, which I should be using when I think about it. But it, I, I spent probably 45 minutes finding those two clips last night and the whole time going, you should have me. So that's, yeah. that's kind of not so much in a backup thing but just archiving your stuff. Uh, and that's one of the – and then in 18 years, it's probably twice I've had to go back and get a clip from something else. I know. So. You don't do it very often. I Maybe some people do it more. This is one of those reasons to maybe have transcripts on your website or maybe subscribe mm. to us. It, it mm. just depends on, like, what. It's a really good point. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those areas where, you you, you know, in theory, <laughs> this is this is what AI is really good at. And so if you... You know, we're not there today. We're getting closer, but you know, this is where an individual learning model for yourself, where you would put your, you would, in a sense, just play your audio into it, and then it would transcribe it for you in the background. Do all the, 
do all the things that a, a, one of those language models do. And then because AI is good at finding that stuff, that's, that's where, that's how we should really, you know, the WordPress search is bad because it's a 20 year old technology that hasn't been updated. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. one use I use for, um, I still have an Otter account for transcriptions cause I yeah. bought a year yeah. and yeah. If I there's a clip that I want to play in the show, I will grab the podcast, throw it through Otter, because one was from a No Agenda show, and that show was like 90 minutes long. And I'm like, I know I heard him say that, and I transcribed it, did a Control-F to find, typed in the word I was looking for, there it was. It's at the you know 54-minute mark. I'm like, I'm, I just saved myself an hour looking for this thing, or maybe a half hour if I listened to it at 2x. But instead... I uploaded it, went back and was productive, and then went back, took 10 seconds to find it, pulled down the clip, edited it out, and got it. So that's – I a lot of times, for me, the transcript is something I use for editing because I uh, – there I forget what I was doing where I tra- – I had it transcribed. And, oh, I was uh, driving somewhere with my family. So I wasn't driving. I was a passenger. And I was able to read the transcript and just highlight the parts I would delete. And then once I got home, I opened up this and I could see right where it was. And so um, that's another use of that. Jeff says first thing he does after a show is transcribe the show with Descript. Every show, every client, right? And, and, And it's great. I mean, that's, you know, for me, some of those tools weren't available when I was first podcasting. In fact, none of them were available in when, when we first started doing shows in 2010. Does it, do I go back? Like, do I... What do I do? I, it's a dilemma because you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transcribe. I've, I've been transcribing shows probably for I don't know four years now, maybe whenever that got easier. And does that mean I go back and go? I mean, I have hundreds of shows that I would need to do before that. And then, I mean, there's a lot of questions on search and how do we get this stuff back and what do we do? Because you can. You can spend, it's kind of like that same question we have of all the picture albums that we have in our house. Mm. And it's like, do I spend all the time taking those apart and feeding those into a A scanner, you know, into a scanner? Or do I send it to, there's plenty of services now that will do that for you for, and, and do I get those? And then I have them in digital form. Then what do I do with them? How do I find them then? Now, at least I know. Oh, I want pictures from the, when the kids were small. I go to a cabinet, pull out, I pull this out. Once they're digital and I didn't take them, right? They were scanned in. Do I go and tag all of them by date? I mean, that takes so much time, Dave, for what payoff? Yeah. You know? So it's a it's a big issue. I mean, it is it is definitely a big And the longer you've been doing this, the harder the problem. You know, how much time do you spend tagging and figuring things out and whatever right so it's a big question and and speaking of jeff uh i will be appearing this friday um social media news live i I couldn't i was i'm like i know it's media something media live i couldn't so thanks for that friday's at 10 central so that'll be fun and uh yeah speaking of descript um chris stone is in the chat room he says transcription is essential everything goes into descript for me as well, uh, it saved him hours. And I need to revisit. I guess both Chris and Jeff used a script. And like anything else, if you ever, I don't know, if I were to go swimming today and did some hard laps in a pool, I would wake up on Sunday going, man, I haven't used those muscles in a while. And you're a little sore. And I basically, every time I used a script, 
I come out a little sore because I don't use it enough. I need to just kind of force myself to use it because I'm always like, wait, where'd they, who moved my cheese kind of thing. And they always change the interface. And um, Chris was telling me there's, because I've seen, like I'll watch a demo and just put in a slash, especially for video, some really cool stuff. And um, I was like, yeah, I just need to go back and force myself to learn Descript and ignore the fact that every time I fire it up, they go, a new version is available. But uh, the one thing, if for anybody that uses Camtasia for video, they just added speed up functions because I started to learn DaVinci Resolve because it's free. Um, boy, there's 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 a it's not a big learning curve, but that thing will do your laundry. Holy cow, is that a? And I was like, maybe this isn't something I want to point people at because it's it's really 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 powerful. But in terms of like, I just want to edit stuff for YouTube. Uh, it should be cool. Dr says, speaking of Descript. The, uh, the last time I used a script for a transcription was really pretty bad. Well, okay. Uh, I spent more time cleaning it up. Didn't we talk about this earlier? That, that AI, you got to uh, – who was it that said they used AI? I think it was Dan. Uh, Cast Magic yeah. works much better for me now. Yeah, the thing that's interesting – Depends on the audio. Depends on the audio quality, the individual. Mm-hmm. I, there's, some, there's some of those pieces there. It surprises me we haven't – the services haven't – gotten into transcribing and then running that through AI so that it, it, because AI is good at predicting the language, like what, what should be the next word? And then it should be able to look at that and say, Oh, you said that. And even though it's not spelled right or whatever, right. that's not what it meant. I mean, that's really these, these LLMs are really good at this. So I, I don't think we're too far away from that actually happening. The problem is it takes an enormous amount of processing power. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we just got to, we, we've got to get a couple years down the road. Yeah. Jeff is saying Cast Magic will now import Descript transcripts for 50% of the cost. That's interesting. And uh, in terms of DaVinci Resolve, Todd the Gator, DaVinci Resolve <laughs> is life. So, um, but yeah, no transcription services. Perfect. Chris says, still takes a human and the Gitmo factor. Good enough to move on. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the things I liked about uh, CapShow when they first came on board. They weren't selling it as like, just click a button and everything is done for you. They're like, ah, we're going to get you about 80 to 90% of the way there. And they have a different – I got a, a quick demo this week from Deidre because I was like, I'm kind of lost on this. What's going on? And what they do is they you upload your, your file. They do the transcript. And then they have a bunch of buttons. So, like, I need a summary. Uh, okay, here, let's do that. And then I'd like some of the key points – Okay, and it just puts it in the page, and then you save it as a template where a lot of these are, okay, upload your file. Here are 47 things you can do with this. And you're like, I just need that one and part of that one. So CapShow is kind of going at it from a different angle of like, okay, what do you want? And instead of giving you all the stuff that you don't want, let's just – which probably makes more sense on their end that they may be less processing on the back end. But – it was interesting. It's it's pretty cool, and it's that's it's another one that I just need to take the time to uh, to learn it. Um, back to DaVinci Resolve. It was my first video editor, proving once again that um, you kind of stick with the first. I still use Sony SoundForge to do my scalpel editing. Why? Because it was the first one I had. I learned. Uh, I've learned since Sony Vegas. Yep, and I love this program. Still learning new things all the time, but getting the basics of it. It's not impossible. Yeah, it's it's. I figured it out. I was just trying. All I want to do, how do I import my file? How do I cut out the boring parts? How do I add a fade transition? And how do I export? 
man, it took me, I don't know, 20 minutes to figure that out. But it, along the way, I was like, holy cow, this thing does a lot of stuff. So it was uh, – and I just thought – I know we all love free software. I'm like, maybe this is going to be the thing that, uh, you know, it'll become the audacity of, of video, which it kind of is. There's some really popular YouTubers that are starting to use it. And I was like, oh, uh, now you got my attention. Um, Emily Prokop, who? I remember her. So glad to see you. Um, I saw your comment. Let's take a tangent, shall we? Uh, I'm just talking to Emily, so just sit tight. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, I saw your comment in the Hate to Wait uh, uh, forum and kind of bummed to hear, uh, sorry about your dad and all the other things that have been going on in your life and, and hope things turn around for a, a much rosier time. Meanwhile, back at the show, one thing I like about Otter is they offer keywords which are handy for coming up with titles and hashtags. Yes, I love the fact they, they kind of do, what do they call it? It's, it's gems or summaries on the right-hand side. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I always find is I always feel bad when it's like Dave talked 65% of the time and Jim talked, you know, whatever, 30%. And then, <laughs> you know, Max talked 10. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm a mic hog. You get so, percentages in there. You do get percentages yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. You use it's, auto, right? I, uh, I use the time stamped yeah. in the gems. I use the time stamped. It's really intended for meetings. They, they didn't, I don't know if they built this with podcasting in mind, to be honest, but the intent was to record a meeting and then it will tell you the meeting topic so you can go back and quickly see what was said um, in that. I don't know if I've ever been to a meeting where I've gone back to a transcript, <laughs> you know, type deal. I don't know. Maybe it's just lack of discipline or whatever, but. It works really, really well, and then I have that plug-in from from um, shoot. I should know this plug-in. Uh, that that, uh, that one, yes. That plug-in. I'll get. I'll get it here in just a second. Uh, Hanny uh, makes it, and it oh. it puts the the link. If I put a time in my show notes, it will it will link that time to the spot in the audio. Yeah. So you can just click on that. It'll take you right to the audio. I think it's simple podcast press. I think it is. That's yes, it. I think it is. Links yep. in the show notes later. And he does a nice job. Oh, Jim. And he's a super nice guy. We, we've got to start over. We have to start over. Jim, I'm going to remove you. Oh, no, that won't work either. This is episode 447. And if we could get me and Jim out of the way behind us, is a four four and above Jim. See, that's the top of a seven, but in the bottom right hand corner it says four four six. The whole uh, the whole show is it's ruined. A lie. The that's, show is a lie. Just, you can in YouTube. You can just um, put the circle around it, the the fuzzy, you know, the where it pixelates it out, so so nobody can actually see it. You know, like what? Why are they hiding the number? Well, it was the I've done this several times on my podcast and. One time, I've sometimes I I even forgot to turn it on, so it's a black. It was just the black background <laughs> as opposed to. I usually use our green the the green image. It's easy to see on YouTube and some of those kinds of things. I just yeah, looked up. Here you, we go. We'll, go back. We'll, we'll just it. do this. We'll just we'll just be in the hot seat for the rest of the show. The rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Do you fix it? I don't know. I mean, for some people, this may be a big deal. You could listen. You could use. Uh, premiere to yeah. go in and cut that out and replace it, right? And make it look pretty. It's not like it, it's moving around, so right. you could probably go back in and do that. Do would you? Are you? No. Are you going you gonna to no. fix this, it? Because it, like, we're 55 minutes in, and I just noticed it. Now, the people watching might uh, might go, oh, I've been, that's been bugging me the whole time. But 
A, they didn't know, which goes back again. Nobody cares what episode number it is. Uh, so Yeah, well, and you could change it on the fly here. You could go to whatever you're yeah. using, update this, pop it in, put the overlay, change the overlays. Yeah. StreamYard allows you to do that. And for the rest of the show, it's a 447. That actually, from an editing standpoint, that might be the easiest way because then you can go back into the video, cut that part out, replace it in the rest of the video moving forward. It's a little bit of work. Yeah. Uh, but you're not, you're not going to do it, right? If, no. If, uh, it, no. If Rich says if I was using Ecamm, which is still on sale, by the way, that sale ends tomorrow. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes later, but uh, yeah, that you could do this on the fly. So yeah, if and that's baked into the only thing that's that's not baked in right now is in the upper right hand corner I have a QR code. That is my in theory logo. So if I wanted to, I could swap that out for this or that. So that's just a QR code that takes you to my buy me a coffee page. But you know, so you make mistakes, you live, you learn. But you know who still loves you? That's right, your awesome supporters. So I want to th- say thanks to everyone. And there's pay attention. Do not fast forward. I have a special deal coming up. Even though it's not August, it's an August deal. Um, and so uh, if you'd like to learn how to podcast, I know a guy. I do. Uh, schoolofpodcasting.com, unlimited one-on-one coaching, along with all the courses and the coaching. The community right now is on fire, um, not in a John Lee Dumas kind of way. Just it's a lot of fun over there. Um, we always do lunch with Dave on Fridays, and we have a blast. But – that's right. In August, it's a back to school. If you sign up for a yearly uh, membership, you get a free Samsung Q2U microphone. Oh. How cool is that? Something Man. I'm trying. I know. How can you not want to do that? Uh, and Everybody needs a backup mic. There you go. And uh, yeah. it's also uh, when you buy a yearly subscription, it's already discounted. So, you know, add, of course, a 30 day money back guarantee, which I could get burned on in theory. Right, I've opened myself up. Somebody could get a free microphone and then say, "Hey, twenty nine days, I want my money back." And then I'm going to be like, "I want my microphone back," and I'm never going to. Well, see maybe it. you don't ship it till the third. Yeah, thirty first day. That's an idea. Thirty first day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, schoolofpodcasting dot com slash coach uh, is where you want to go, and we run on PodPage and ask the podcast coach if you want to try PodPage. In full disclosure, for our friends at the FTC, uh, that is an affiliate link. Uh, try PodPage dot com, and if you want to learn PodPage. Go over to learnpodpage.com. Some really cool features for SEO coming in to PodPage very soon. Um, and if you want some more Jim Collison, and like who doesn't, you know, theaverageguy.tv. And I believe homegadgetgeeks.com also works, right? It does. Yeah, yeah. it does indeed. Yeah, that's a pod page. Homegadgetgeeks.com huh. is the pod page. There you go. Yep. And uh, our Spotlight Supporter of the Week is Greg over at the Indie Drop-In Network uh, where if you have a comedy show or true crime or a scary show, you can go over there and actually he will help you grow your audience. He basically puts it on the network. You get exposure, and then I think he runs the occasional ad in there. So it's a win-win, and you grow your audience over at IndieDropIn.com. And uh, we're on the road to 40. Unfortunately, I, I, I need my sad trombone. Yeah, we lost a patron this week. So if you're in the chat room, maybe – or listening later, and you go, you know what? Um, if I gave Dave five bucks, I think these episodes are worth a dollar twenty-five. Or you could be like Chris Stone. Chris Stone just joined the school of podcasting. That's how he's supporting the show. So, um, askthepodcastcoach.com/slash/awesome. So, thanks to everyone who's doing that. I really do appreciate it. And this is where this is the part of the show. Oh, good. Look at you, Jim, starring all these uh, fun-filled things. 
Um, and we've answered all those questions. So let's go over. If you have a question again, askthepodcastcoach.com slash question. We'll get you there. Here is something I, I, I saw this morning. Uh, this was from, I believe, Reddit. And for the record, if you're on Reddit right now, uh, Daniel J. Lewis is also having many things on Reddit get blocked. So we're like, we've, we've talked to Bang's Naughty Bits. He may not be as involved over there as he used to be. So they're, they're a little... They're a little whack-a-mole over there on Reddit right now. But this person says, my budget is around 100 bucks. Uh, wait a minute. I'm at the bottom of the page. There are two things here that we're going to talk about. The, my theme that I'm going for is make it easy or you'll quit. Um, good budget mics for outdoor. Uh, number one, why are you recording outdoor? One-on-one or group interviews. There's two words that don't really, in my book, group interviews. I'm like, ugh. Uh, hey, all, I'm starting a podcast about my college and looking for a good budget mic. So he's a college person uh, that can help me easily set up a place where two or more people can sit down and talk. I'm thinking the setup would be like either one, uh, but probably two stationary mics. Yes, definitely more than one um, that can pick up all the voices in the conversation or a bunch or just two lapel mics. My budget is around 100 bucks. Prefer to spend as little as possible, but willing to go outside the budget for a bit better quality. And so in this case, there is, and I I was trying to find the box so I could hold it up, but I, I can't find it. It is a, um, and I, in, in Reddit, I had to like just tell him what to search for on Amazon. There is a, uh, it's, it's two lav mics, and I want to say they're 29 or 39 bucks. And I heard somebody once, on a video and I could see they had a lav on, but they actually had bass in their voice. And I was like, what, what, what mic is that? And it's these. And I've compared it to like the road smart lav and a couple other ones. And it comes with a thing that in theory you could put it into your phone. Well, you're going to need an adapter cause it's got the old TRRS. So you'll need one of those little adapter thingies, but you could record it there on, uh, on your phone. I just, to me, the whole we need to get away from the idea of one mic for multiple people. That's just bad audio walking. Basically, we're just waiting for it. So, um, I was just in a meeting this week, and we're doing an interview in Berlin in a couple of weeks. And the my resource there is he's he bought this new mic. I won't say what it is, Blue Yeti. And um, he he he's like, it's Jim. It's got all kinds of settings. I'm like, you know. I know. I know it does. Like I've had one. Uh, I've had two actually. And let's not, no, no, this will work. It'll be just fine. This will be because where they're going to bring a guest in and sit at a conference table and it's going to be one mic, two people. And I'm like, no, I don't really no. And it didn't matter what I said. I was not going to win this. They were going to, we have this nice office and the background's going to look great. And like, it's probably going to wash you out in one mic. I don't care what it's set up like. It's not optimum, right? I mean, so I I like this. Even when they're in the same building, I like to put them in separate rooms, get the cameras facing them. I don't I don't like the setup where you're looking across the table at somebody right. type deal. Like, uh, you know, now if you're in a big studio and you have multiple camera angles and that's one of them, I guess that's okay. Just not a fan of that. Get in separate rooms, get good microphones. It's, it's not that hard, you know, so that's not... not 
not a fan of that, but I'm going to lose that yeah. one. <laughs> well, gonna, well f- and for the record, right, that's we go back to your why and things like if that's all you got, if you're like, look, I, I don't have a budget, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, but then I would just go, okay, I can buy these microphones. I can only re- I can only interview one person at a time. Then it's me and the other person. I'm not going to do yeah, a, a group right, of people. Right, right. Um, or I'm, we're going to pass around the lab, and I will do a lot of editing later. Was to get out the whole right. like here's the lab. Okay, here. Okay, now Jane's going to talk. Okay, all right. You got to get that out of there. But here's another recording, but not editing on a Chromebook. There's there's a phrase Chromebook. When I hear that, I just go. Nyeh. Um, hey, well, the, it could, it, they do have high end Chromebooks. Okay, but if you pay two hundred dollars for it, yeah, you know, yikes. Yeah, yikes. the plan is to launch my podcast on August fifteenth. This is the guy I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, and so I need to start recording ASAP. No, you don't. Uh, if you want to launch by August fifteenth, but again, easy there. My problem is that my main computer is located in a noisy, noisy environment, so I'll need to be recording in the quieter room on the Chromebook. But none of the edit, editing programs I'm interested in appear to function on Chrome OS. So I'm going to have to record on the Chromebook, but edit on the desktop computer, which I'm fine with doing. But I have no idea what I should be using to actually record the raw podcast on the Chromebook before I move it to the computer in the other room for editing. Is there a good program or a website that works on Chrome? And I was like, hmm. So my answer, of course was not to answer the question, but just to say for both these people, it's the Zoom PodTrack P4. It runs on <laughs> batteries if you need it to go into some other room. Um, buy yourself a couple Samsung Q2Us, and you don't have to worry about trying to record on things that weren't made to record a podcast. I mean, can I record a podcast on my phone? Yeah. And with those labs, if you're don't first of all, don't record outside unless you're doing a nature podcast. That's not a... You want to get in the, the quietest place, you can. But my whole point is about this is, and then I'm going to throw in one more, and then we're going to we'll just riff on all these um, uh, podcasts with lots of amazing guests. But its concept is too niche for an audience that I want. So he says, "So hi, I'm Mike, and I have a film slash TV podcast interview show that started in 2020, which has done about 40 episodes." Um, and this is not the, ah, crap. I picked up the wrong card. Yeah, this is not, there's another person that said, I'm sorry, let me find this. It's, they're doing a mental, um, good budget. I just had this one. All right. I'll make it up as we go along. They were doing a show for children with mental, what's the appropriate word? Mental health issues. Um, cause we, we can't use the R word anymore, but anyway, and they said they have a Facebook group for these people, and then and, and it's great. But when they go to get guests, they'll have like 10 people like, oh, I'd love to be a guest. And they'll send them the link to a form, and on the form, they're asking for their name and their phone number for the interview. And I don't know if they're doing the interview over the phone. I wouldn't do that. I, I tend to avoid the phone unless it's the only option I had. But here again, you want to keep things easy. And Jim can tell you on surveys, especially, you only ask for the information you need. And I would ask, do you need their phone number? Because think about it. You have a a person you've never met only on the Internet ask you for your phone. So in all these cases, when you make things harder, it look, uh, Daniel J. Lewis and I 
do a show called The Future of Podcasting. And when we started it, there was a lot of information. And I finally went to Daniel, besides the fact that I have a lot of things going on, I said, I need to go to biweekly for a bit because it's just hard to get good content. And so when your podcast is harder than you thought it was, you'll either A, find time for it, or B, you kind of start thinking, man, this is too hard. And then you want to quit. So in the case of I'm trying to record outside, I'm trying to do this on a Chromebook, or I'm I'm making it kind of hard for – I'm asking a bunch of questions for my guests. When you make things hard and you put up hurdles, it, it's it's going to inspire you to want to quit. Does that, does that make any sense? Am I tying those together enough? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I have nothing more to add to that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's just well. I mean, well, like even with you, like you've you've kind of gone on a, a biweekly kind of uh, schedule there for a little bit because you were having a trouble finding yeah. guests. Yeah. So yeah. anything. No, I just wasn't as into it as I was. <laughs> Part of it is too. I just didn't want to do it sometimes. Yeah. You know, but yeah, if you make it hard on yourself, but if you make it hard on yourself to do this, you're get, you're gonna you're not gonna do it as often, right? At the same time. You know, kind of back to the Chromebook thing. If you, you you got, and I do this to myself. So uh, Jim's talking to himself for a second. Sometimes okay. I cheap out on stuff to to because I think I don't really need that. And then I bought something that was inferior, and it just doesn't work. And I spend a whole bunch of time trying to figure it out when I should have just, if I'm gonna do it, I should have just spent the money and bought the good thing, right? And 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 and. Yeah spent a little more money doing it. I think I am my own worst enemy at times with that. And I'm like, Oh, why did I cheap out on this? And, and you know, unless the cheap one works right for you and you know that, but oftentimes we do a poor recording on bad equipment and cheap gear because we don't want to spend a lot of money on this. And then our expectations were that we spent a thousand dollars when we spent 50 and you're like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't compute. That doesn't work. You need if you if you have thousand dollar expectations, spend a thousand dollars, right, to get it done. That's it. Yeah, it's I've been there, done that too. You know, I've also done the opposite. I have bought things thinking I would grow into something, and then I didn't. And then, and which is fine. Well, uh, that you know, happens too. Yeah, that happens too. That's why you. That's why I do the cheap out. Yeah, because. Yeah. In the in the past, I bought something that was more expensive than I needed, and I never used it, and I regretted it. Yeah, right? I mean, not not saying these things are easy decisions to yeah. make, but well, yeah. D- Dr. has a a question here. Um, she says, "Here we go. Uh, my client, a pediatrician, is interested in doing a roundtable type of episode on Zoom. First question: What is the why of the pediatrician? So, if she's moderating and participating in the conversation." How many more people would be good? The one person I've seen do this well is Ray Ortega on the Podcasters Roundtable. Now, the thing is, Ray wasn't in that show very much. If you go back and listen, Ray was a really good moderator at pointing and asking questions and getting the right answers to people. And he would occasionally chime in. And it was weird because Ray was technically the host. And if we went to to the Otter summary, it would say, yeah, Ray, Ray was about, you know, 8% 8% of that show and you know depending on what the topic was and that's what Ray was good at was getting um 
getting the answer from the person who had the most experience and just staying out of their way. Um, I don't know if I would go more than four. What, what do you think, Jim, in terms of panels? You know, if it's an hour and the host is not going to be talking, it's probably four. If it's a half an hour and the host is not going to be talking, it's probably th- probably three. Yeah. And then if the host is going to be talking, they just become one of those numbers. Yeah. You know? And if it's, if it's really detailed, like if this is very, very technical or there's going to be a lot of details, subtract one of those numbers off of that because you're going to, you're going to spend more time explaining things. So is that, does that, is that a hard and fast number? No, you, you decide what works best for you. But I think those are some tried and true numbers as we think about panels uh, or round tables. I like the word panel better, but um, if we're going to do it that way, that seems to be the podcasters round table when you guys would do it. If it got two, if it gets over four, there's just too too many voices associated with yeah. it, right? And and you just don't get a lot of time. But two is kind of awkward on that one. So yeah, it's that's it's, why I like those numbers. Yeah, and going back to that though, if her if the goal of her show, and I'm saying her, the goal of the pediatrician show is to build their network, perfect format. If the goal of the show is to position the pediatrician as an expert. No, not not really great because now you're only, you know, twelve percent of the show is spotlighting your expertise. So if they go, oh, I want to do a roundtable, oh, okay. But if and again, you don't have to do just one. Maybe sometimes you grow your network. Maybe sometimes you do a solo show, things like that. But just uh, everything starts with the why am I doing this and who is it for. So keep that in mind, Jim. You looked like you were going to say something. Oh, Emily makes a good point. Uh, watch out for similar mm. voices. I've edited roundtable episodes with guests who all sound alike, and that and that can you know where, where the numbers get kind of tricky. I think in roundtable two, if again it depends on what you're doing, but the simil- similarity in thought or in idea can also be if you have two guests that are coming from the exact same position, and you're trying to represent some diversity in this round table at all in in uh, in diversity and thought is kind of what i'm thinking about uh, in, in that case but it could be any of those then yeah you got to kind of think through do i do i am i do i have the same person on twice in this and that may be okay these are just questions to ask yourself on on what you're trying you started this with what are you trying to achieve with this yeah. thing right and so it it may be helpful to um, to kind of think through that of, yeah, if I have two guests that are going to say the exact same thing, is that really bringing value? Could I be bringing a different opinion on a different voice uh, to to get a different point of view? Yeah, it's um, I'm working with a client now, and he's hired somebody to go out and find guests, and I'm editing the audio for them, and I listen to the interview, and I know his why is to help. You know, he's supposed to be hired as the expert. And I, I had a hard time going because it's it's the why and the who, right? Who is this for and why and where it overlaps? That's your what. What can I talk about that's going to hold the attention of the who and get me towards my why? And I said, what's the big takeaway for the audience that's going to go? Ooh, I should hire this person. And he he kind of went, um, hmm. and I go, yeah, exactly. I go, why is this person on your show? It's it's again, it's not always easy. So um, it's it's tricky. But I have seen uh, – also, by the way, 
being a moderator is not as easy as it looks. I got to be a moderator in London, and that was tricky because, man, is your brain going nuts because you're like the whole time you're like, okay, uh, that person's – you don't know how long the person's going to answer their question. Are they long-winded or short-winded? And if it's a short-winded and you are expecting long-winded, you better be ready with the next question, who to throw it to. And per Emily's point, that's where you want to go, I don't know, Jim, what do you think? Say their name more than once so people know, oh, that's the yes. voice of Jim. Direct them. Well, direct. It, it's also helpful for the panel to know who's going to answer the question. Yeah. And I'm with panels, I always tell them, when I'm moderating them, I will call on you. So don't these open ended, like, well, who's going to answer that one? No, no, no. Let's do some homework and let's get the first couple things scripted. So we kind of know who's going to do what we get everybody comfortable in there. Then you can kind of do, you know, conversation, let people pop up some of those kinds of things, but calling on them, I think is, is super key. The other caveat to this is I think sometimes as moderators, we think, and you said this, we think it's our job to explain everything. So someone says something, you repeat their answer. Then in the next question, you over explain the question before you give it to the panel, the other panel member. You're like, ask a question and let them rephrase it. Like, so get what, out of the way. So what you're saying is <laughs> they re-explain what you just explained <laughs> about re-explaining. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly right And then in that. So, and, yeah, it, yeah. Did you say homework? Did you actually did say, say do homework. your homework? Oh, <laughs> I just want to talk for 15 minutes and make a million dollars. Well, don't do it. Don't, you know, don't do too much. Yeah. Especially with a panel. There's a tendency to want to practice that panel. Then if you've done, if you practice it, chances oh. are now you've added the most boring panel. Yes. To the, you know, our conversation that's going to be boring to this, to this, because it's people have already said it. And the, 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 the nearer, the closer those practiced conversations are to the actual panel, the worse it is. Because people are like, well, when I was talking to, you know, when I was talking to so-and-so a minute ago about this, well, they weren't there. <laughs> they weren't there when, when, they, when you guys were talking. Don't reference those, those moments. But it's, it, it's, for, for us as humans, it's really hard because we were there, we understand the context. It's hard spatially. Where it's hard for us to separate that conversation we had pre-show with that that we had post. But your audience wasn't there. Don't reference it. Just just pretend like it never happened. I, I avoid that by ha- trying to have all those allowing them to talk about those things in the pre-show. Yes, you know? and yeah. and Jim, you just brought it up. It's one of my favorites. And now it's time for a power rant. How does it make you feel when I say Jim and I were talking about this awesome thing before the show and it was amazing and we're both laughing and we can't wait to go make a million dollars with it. Anyway, back in the show, I don't do that. Hey, audience, here's what you missed. And we're not going to talk about it because you weren't there. So exactly what Jim said. That When I hear that now, I'm like, that's how does that bring value? Oh, by the way, you missed something. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, you should have been here, but you weren't. Yeah, exactly. That's um, and we didn't invite you. Like we, it, <laughs> you couldn't have even been there if you wanted to. I mean, it is just one of those kinds of things, and it does come off a little. Um, it just it's a little off-putting. When it you're is like, yeah, we were talking before the show. Well, of course, we were talking before the show. Don't say <laughs> that. Just it, bring in the important yes. part of it. 
in in just like you and I were talking about before we started right. the program today, Dave. Well, well, let me ask you this: Do you say that in real life? Like, no. Just ask the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing about panels: I have trouble with levels and audio getting stepped right. on and post. For yeah, sure. the first thing I do when I bring in all the tracks is I look where are people overlapping, and then I figure out okay, who gets to who gets. Who are we really trying to listen to here? Who has the best value in what they're saying? I would never want to do the View podcast because that show is nothing but people talking over each other. That would be crazy. Um, Emily says, the fear of missing out works well when it comes to extra content you're offering. Yep. Uh, yep. Mr. Post Show. Um, yeah, there you go. So that's different. But yeah, I've I've there are just times I, I go – like I was listening the the latest podcast rodeo show – the description, I was like, I want to hear this. Talking about things that we should be talking about, um, race and all these other kind of hot topics. I'm like, I am in. Yes, let's go. And he asked uh, the guest, uh, who inspired you growing up? Don't care. Uh, and what's like your best piece of advice? Don't care. And I was like, I don't know this person. It's a stranger. He also read their LinkedIn bio. And I'm like, why are you excited that the guest is here? And so that's another one that I just was like, yeah, it sounds harsh to go, yeah, I don't care about your guest until they give me some value. But that comes from the book Content Marketing Inc. by Joe Paluzzi. And I was like, you know what? That's that's kind of true. It sounds a little – it's a little harsh, but uh, it's it's kind of true in a way. Um, one other quick one here. Uh, back when we were talking about Reddit, Coach Dave, why is content on Reddit being censored? Uh, I talked to Bangs – well, talked, texted – um, they had somebody come through and just peppered it with affiliate links. So they had to kind of up their game a bit. Well, technically they're not this it gets a it's a fine line between editing and censoring, right? Yeah. In in this case. Because those they do have guidelines in that group and they're very specific about what you can and can't do. And if you violate the terms of the group, because you know, podcasters are the worst at self promotion. <laughs> <laughs> they'll do it every chance they get. You know, we say this, go on somebody else's show. Why? For self-promotion, right? Join a group, add value. Maybe it'll, it'll, it'll drive folks to the show. Well, there's nobody worse at violating those than podcasters, right? They just, they're terrible at this. So they've put some guidelines around the group. And when folks violate those guidelines, they get they get the ban hammer yeah. or they get they get it. Yeah. So I now have so. I have a text expander. I just type in hashtag bangs and it's like in full disclosure, <laughs> I'm the head of yeah. podcast yeah, education yeah. at Libsyn and the founder of the school. And I'm like, thanks for the free promotion. Um, and so far, you don't have to be in this group, though, Dave. That's true. Like, it's not the only <laughs> podcasters group in the world. It's not. There are other groups. If you don't yeah. like it, go somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah, that's true. Right. Start oh, your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. For life in ass. Uh, when is the podcasters roundtable coming back? This is a great example of why I don't do seasons. Um, unfortunately, Ray's dad passed away a while back, and so obviously he needed to take some time off. And then you kind of get used to being off in the same way that if you do a season, it's not like people get into the car and go, "Well, I would listen to podcasts on the way to work today," but. Uh, you know, Dave's not putting anything out, so I'll just sit in silence. No, they're going to find something else to do. And Ray's daughter's getting older. Uh, she's when I look, I'm like, I picture this little kid. I'm like, oh no, it's probably junior high at this point, if not high school. I don't know. But um, I reached out and said, hey, how's my buddy? And he's like, we should get on 
a phone and just catch up. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, I'm because all the little roundtable thingies I was doing have also pod faded. So I kind of missed that one. And plus, it's Ray and Daniel are, are two of my favorite people. So uh, yeah, so go bug Ray. Hey, Ray, come back. Uh, and then um, Mystic Mac 413 asks, how do you connect a guest not using a phone? You're soaking in it right now. Uh, StreamYard, we're using our computers, which is the best way. Now, if you're going to use the phone, there's, there's StreamYard. There's Riverside, by the way. Uh, I know two people this week. One of them was me when it dropped the call. Like, um, and I heard uh, Pod News Weekly was using Riverside. And, there, and James is like, if you're wondering why Sam isn't here at the end of the show, it's because Riverside. So I personally, I know people that love Riverside. I have not had great experience. I like Squadcast. If you're on Libsyn and you don't mind that it's not video, uh, and by video I mean you can't even see the person. Like on Squadcast, I can see Daniel when we record the future of podcasting, but we don't we don't record the video. So there's that. There's all that. But if you are going to use the phone and you are going to use Zoom, do not put it on speaker and throw the phone on your desk. Talk into it like it's I don't know a phone. And this microphone is not bad if they're and again don't have them dial into Zoom. Have them connect via Wi-Fi. And that will produce a much better thing. The phone is going to sound like the phone if you have them dial in. And that that if you can avoid that at all costs, uh, do that. Jim, what do you primarily use for for doing stuff? Yeah, we, we're Streamyard. Yeah. We're or a hundred percent Streamyard. Yeah. yeah, and we we uh, corp bought a corporate version of it as well, and and uh, they use it for just about everything we record now. It's it's they just the even the folks in the uh at Gallup who don't do this full time just love the 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 ease of coming into StreamYard, getting it set up and and doing the recording. We still struggle with individuals who think a microphone five thousand feet away is the way, you know. Yeah. But I want I don't want anything in the picture. No, it it sounds terrible. Like stop stop doing this. Like get it get a get a microphone or a headset or something. Trust me, you'll sound a lot better if you do it that way. I did notice um, uh, we've we've done some videos lately where we've asked uh, employees to hey send in a thirty second video on this or whatever. We we we've been using a service vid vidcruiter vid recruiter something hmm. like that, and they've it's really designed for individuals to leave uh, answers to recruiting questions hmm. uh, type deal. Really easy to get in and get out. It records these things, puts them in a spot, easy to view. We've been using them to get testimonials. Uh, we bought a license for it to do it. Nice. And what I've been noticing is as phones have been getting better, we get much better sound if somebody just holds their phone up in front of their face yeah. and, and, and does it that way. You get really good cameras, really good microphones coming off phones for that kind of stuff now. So even if you can have them connect on their phone and they hold that phone close, not great for a video podcast, but you should get a little bit better audio that way. And, go ahead. I'll let you take no, that one. No, I'm done. Oh, um, oh Mystic. Yeah, Mystic Mac yeah, is saying, done. do you need to do a mix minus with StreamYard? No. You just plug your mic in. Jim's got his mic plugged in. I got mine plugged in. Everybody should have headphones on, but even not, you can say, I'm not wearing headphones, and there's an echo cancellation that will go in there. But it's StreamYard. In fact, where did that comment go? Um, somebody had a great point. Don't forget about Ecamm as well. Uh, Zoom is business. Riverside is for techies. And StreamYard is simple to use for for podcasters. And Zoom is for the you know people that survived the COVID thing because everybody was on Zoom. <laughs> and it's not it's not going to give you the best audio, but 
Zoom gets a lot of slack for their bad audio. I'm like, it's listenable. If they have a microphone, it's listenable. If, yeah. You know, that's yeah. the, the thing to uh, to keep in mind. So, but uh, can we say that we have the best chat room in on the internet? Are we allowed to say I think that? So. I I'm, think I'm so. allowed to say I that think. the School of Podcasting is number one in podcast education. You know who said that? I do. You? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, it, was I, that from the T-shirt of words shop? It is. How I, many words? Yeah, I'm always. It's like how many? How many? I was all of my stuff. It's like wait, <laughs> don't don't walk so fast. I'm trying to read your shirt. I'm only on the third paragraph. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, um, but um, anytime I go out in public, I always wear a school of podcasting shirt of something that has my website on it as well. So. Um, but I uh, they're, they're, do you walk by? They're like, slow down. That's I'm it. Trying so to... what, the what of the thing? Because especially the one is like, I help podcasters. It's what I do. I'm like, I, I think I ran. I think I had to buy like a two X shirt to have that all fit on there. So exactly, it's wrapped around the backside. Like, hold on, the the website goes around underneath my arm. <laughs> a, let me turn around. The rest of it's on the back. <laughs> this this yeah. shirt was too small for it. Yes, don't don't hire Dave to design your T-shirt. He's uh, getting to the point oh. again. Not my strong suit. Did Taylor time. Swift have a T-shirt that was some something's? There's a lot of things going on here, or something, and it fills oh. up the words fill up the whole front of the shirt. The, the next time Sticker Mule has a as a disc, uh, you know, a sale, I'm getting this T-shirt. Number one, listen notes. I got it. Actually, I'm in the top point five. I mean, if we're going to be accurate, I'm in the top point five. Of yeah. of listen Boom. notes. Boom, exactly. Nothing says nothing says if you're putting 0.5% on a t-shirt like that, just put one percent. It's fine. That's it. Exactly. Don't put 0.5. Don't be arrogant. Yeah. So Jim, what is coming up as we uh start to head out the door? Speaking of promoting our awesome supporters, um, what's coming up on the average guy.tv? Yeah, Christian Johnson, founder of Maple Grove Partners. We've talked about them before. He was also a, a early founder of Home Gadget Geeks, which was home tech back in the day is on one of the smartest kids on the planet and just got his pilot's license, but we don't talk about any of that. We spend some time talking about Maple Grove Partners and uh, storage and backup and then a little bit, I shouldn't say a little bit, a bunch on AI and these LLMs and and his his take on it. So um, it's already posted, ready to go out over at homegadgetgeeks.com. And uh, if you're listening to this later, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash 447 and I will be digging out all the URLs that we mentioned to Backblaze and all the other things. What was the thing you mentioned? Uh, recruit something? Vid, vid recruit? Vid recruit. Vid recruiter? I'll have to look for that. Yeah. But that'll be out in the show notes. And, of course, if you are listening to this later and you're like, oh, I'd love to ask a question, askthepodcastcoach.com slash ask. I believe now is going to point at – now, you can always use the microphone at askthepodcastcoach.com. I might point that at pod inbox just for giggles. Uh, just to to use that um, that that's a whole other thing we might talk in a future episode. Um, oh, I forget the guy's name. I can see Pat from Pod Inbox is adding all sorts of stuff. There's like a chat bot over there now, and you can have a sponsored uh, page for people to leave feedback. All sorts of stuff at, at Pod Inbox. So we might have to uh, uh, investigate that a bit. But uh, thanks to the chat room, a lot of fun today. Uh, thanks to Mark at PodcastBranding.co. Thanks to Dan at Based on a True Story Podcast.com. Thanks to the School of Podcasting, where you can get a free Samsung Q2U during the month of August if you buy a yearly subscription. And uh, 
thanks to uh, Jim Collison. And I got another, like, probably uh, uh, subscribe, like, ring the bell, smash the bell, cut its head leave off. Leave a comment. Yeah, leave, leave a comment in YouTube if you're listening to this on YouTube. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All those week. good things. We'll see you next week.